0: This is the Muscles and Management Podcast, where we build your body and your business. Talking all things training, sports performance, and business for athletes and aspiring coaches to enhance your training and better your career. Muscles and Management is brought to you by Challenger Strength with your host, Jerry DiFilippo. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 210 of the Muscles and Management Podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already uh mike is back with us again today mike thanks so much for uh coming on appreciate you
1: yeah good to be back
0: all right talk to me i we're we're gonna go over a couple things as they come to my mind but um we were just talking about it's one of those rare you know times where i cannot do anything wrong right now when it comes (laughs) to um i crazy enough like i just to guys give you guys some growth perspective um you know just because i think it's like really cool. And I'm proud of it. Um, last week, so Mike, remember the video I sent you? So we, last time we recorded, we were talking about how, um, I had that that tweet about the, uh, pretty sure it was the recovery circuit. I did like two weeks ago. Yep. Uh, it wasn't even two weeks. It'll be two weeks on like Saturday. So this is, that's, what's crazy is a lot of these things have gone off in such a short amount of time that it feels like I posted them longer ago. But I posted the video. It was like the one you brought up. So I think I recorded by myself last week and the week before you were with me. And the week before we talked about the the tweet that went off and it was like 2,700 likes for, you know, um, a recovery circuit that I did with one of my junior hockey teams. And um, that was like kind of the start of like the last two weeks have been insane. Um, And I posted something last week about like six days ago. Yeah, it was. I'm pretty sure it was last Friday. So not even like five days ago, I posted um, a hip rec- hip mobility um, routine that I yeah. did with that same junior hockey team.
1: That was last uh, Friday or yeah. last Thursday. So and a little less than a week ago.
0: Last Thursday, okay. And I oh, that's almost a ten thousand likes. Like that. I that was insane. And what's funny is when I posted that tweet. I hit thirty five thousand followers like right when I posted it, or right about when I posted it. Mm-hmm. And I, but I've never. It's one. That's been one of the few times I've I've gotten like bombarded. Like every time I opened the app, I had twenty new followers.
1: Right. It has three hundred and fifty three thousand views. That video yeah, so does.
0: That, that's pretty cool, and it's also pretty cool because like. It's not some like flashy bullshit. It's like actual like good stuff for your hips. Mm-hmm. Like I, I still don't know why that went off like it did. Like I know it was good stuff. I was expecting just a couple hundred when I posted it, right? Um, and like it, it, it's just been that kind of. It's been that kind of week for the last two weeks. Have been like that. Like it's just been crazy. Um, but like the funny part about it was I posted that thing and I, I've gone up like fifteen hundred followers in like the last like six day, five six days, um, which is just funny because. I was doing like I, Twitter gives you analytics and like my good months in the past like year, like in a month I would get maybe like 1600. Yeah. Um, I think it was something like that. Like I, it, it close to it, but to do that in a few days, cause a tweet goes off is like really cool. So I'm really appreciative and, um, it gets me amped up and it's fun. Cause I do put a lot of work into the stuff that I post. So it's nice to see when it gets, you know, recognized and seen and, um, and who's going to lie to you and tell you it doesn't feel good to, you know, have a tweet go semi-viral. Um, sure. but like, it's been crazy. Like even like simple things, like I then did an upper body version of it. Like the next day that got like 1500 likes. Then I did, uh, I put a tweet up about like three things to add to your routine each week. And that got a thousand likes. Um, it's been cool. Like it feels, it feels nice to know that like people enjoy what you're saying. Um, even like. Not last night, Monday night. I posted um, three of my favorite starts to help infielders with their lateral movement. Mm-hmm. That went off like just—it's cool to see people like basic stuff. Like it's, this isn't anything that's like super, super, super groundbreaking. Like maybe it's stuff you haven't done before, but it's more like sprint-based stuff or mobility-based stuff. Like it's cool. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome to see.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's actually. I- Pretty much every one of those that you mentioned, I had listed here for us. To yeah, no, talk and about. We'll,
0: we'll we'll go over them. Um, but I just like, I don't know, like I get in these modes sometimes. Like I guess everybody, like, I, like you know, a baseball player has a hot streak with hitting, where like it just becomes really easy for me to think of stuff to talk about. Right, and I actually just can't stop. Like it just it it, it comes to my head. I'm like, I got to make this. Like people, when people ask me sometimes for advice on how to build on social media, I do have a trouble um, sometimes helping them. Cause I also know that like part of how I've grown is just how my mind works. Yeah. So like, there's always just stuff flowing to my head about what to post. Like I was just doing like, you know, training someone on Monday, we were doing a lateral shuffle sprint. And I was like, oh man, like I, I remember this, this, um, really good prep step video I saw from, uh, Craig Hyatt. He posts like a lot of hitting videos and he posted a really good prep step video. I think it was, of, um, it might've been Nolan Arenado. I don't remember for sure, but it was like from 2020 um because i remember when i when i first saw it back in 2020 i i I put up that particular video and i talked about like the drop step and all that i was like i really think this would be a cool post to put like three different starts that we do that i think are helpful for lateral movement and i just made like one of those four picture videos like it's like four squares
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and i just put it up and it dude it went nuts like i was like how the hell like yeah i I think this is pretty helpful but like 2500 likes it's just been like it's been crazy to me it's really cool um i don't know like i'm super determined like i want to hit 50k followers i want to hit 100k followers like i am I'm, I want to build this thing up um the newsletter is growing like i was just telling guys i was telling mike before we started recording um when i started when we started really going full pre- full court press in july on the newsletter it was at like 15 something 1500 something um subscribers and we're like A couple hundred away from three thousand now, so even that's been going up. And um, I think I've only missed one week in the last two months on that, Mike.
1: Yeah, just the one.
0: Um, And you know, for those listening who might not be on it, Mike, give me give them a little insight. How detailed are these uh, newsletters?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's great stuff. One of the things that I've always said that I like about this new format you're doing is. Um, it's useful for everyone whether it's a coach for you know college or even like you know advanced athletes all the way down to a parent that just wants to try to get their younger kid to you know progress so there's tons like you're putting um, pictures in you're putting graphs in it's like super in-depth but like a fun read at the same time Um, yeah probably probably just like a probably just like a three or four or five minute read I'd say if even that but it's tons of it's packed with really valuable content.
0: Yeah. And that's like the cool part too, is like sending them to you and you're going to send them out and you're like, Oh, I really like it this week. Yeah. Um, Like it's, it's, it's good stuff. And I, you know, I listen, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I'm not going to be some asshole that lies to you. Like, yeah, there's obviously a benefit to building up a news, a newsletter list of email subscribers. Like, I can make programs and sell them, but like, If I'm selling you stuff, it's helping you. So if anything, it's just me giving myself a wider audience of people to tell about the stuff that we're doing, that might cost you you 50 bucks that you could use for the next three years.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like I'm
0: probably, the first thing I probably want to sell coming up is like a full um, exercise database of videos. Mm -hmm. Um, And like having 3,000 people I can email that out to is 3,000 more people I can help. So, yeah.
1: Well, and I think, I think people, I mean, I can't speak for the people, but these videos you're putting out of just like one small routine of stuff that is getting so much positive feedback. Like people are obviously craving that type of content. So I think it'd be really valuable for people
0: No, for sure. Um, so yeah, enough, I guess Sweet. enough of tooting my own horn. Uh, <laughs> although I, re- I promise I'm really not trying to do that. I really hope you guys understand this is coming from a, a place of excitement. Um, like I'm just happy and it, it makes me feel good when like people appreciate what I post. I don't know. It just, it's fulfilling. Um, like, I think it's like probably top two to like, you know, number one being my athletes getting results, our athletes getting results. That's another thing I'm getting used to as well as saying our, it's not just yeah. me anymore. Uh-huh. Um, that was another thing we did this week too. I, I posted an update, um, with headshots of all four of our trainers, uh, that work with me. And, you know, just finally really publicizing, um, you know, all the new people that have come on in the past, you know, year or two and, um, what their background is and what they're doing and how we're growing. And I, I really, it's been cool. I'm in a good position to have, like, we have me and my other four coaches, we're all under the age of 28 years old. Um, My two newest coaches are 24 and about to be 22, respectfully, so just out of college. And funny enough, the two most recent people that that I've hired have exercise science degrees, and I don't. So (laughs) that's pretty funny and ironic, and they have a good sense of humor about it. Um, I'm I'm easygoing, and I let them joke around with me. The other day, Katie, uh, who's new with us for the last like three months, was like, oh, I guess that's what happens when I have an exercise science degree and you don't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and we were we were we were like we, la- we got I, we were laughing about it for like five minutes um oh so that was really cool i was excited to do that and just stuff like that like having um you know seeing challenger nose on four different t-shirts that people that work you're wearing i don't know it's just like when when i started this whole thing in 2016 like it was just me i never knew how big it was gonna get like it kind of was one of those moments um where you're like holy shit but you know obviously a lot of that goes into the support from people online on social media like that it's just it's an all around you know cumulative type thing so um i guess i'll put a bow on this by saying thank you if you've supported or listened to the show or retweeted or reposted or whatever it is so um you know let's we got through all that now i guess i can stop patting myself on the back um
1: no i think it's well deserved and i think it's i mean it you know you're you're mostly you coming You know from why my, i'm
0: talking about it you Yeah
1: and like you Especially like before we started, like you have a more of a surprise take of just like how well, yeah, no, this is me being
0: like, Holy shit, like, yeah, for sure. I never expected to, I don't know, it's cool. Like, I'm like, I don't know, people know who I am and they follow the stuff and they, you know, I don't know, it, it feels really nice and it's cool. So, thank you. Um, all right, let's get to some tweets. What do you got for me?
1: Yeah, the first one I wanted to do was, um, this thread. You know, we get a ton of questions whenever we do our questions at the end of the episodes. It seems like at least once a week, and you don't even probably send them all to me, you have someone asking about their young athlete, how to start them, stuff like that. So this thread that you did, speed and strength training for young athletes, spoken a lot recently about the importance of starting young, building intent at a young age, capitalizing on puberty and developing. This gets a lot of what do you... What, what do you recommend questions? Here's a full thread on youth strength and conditioning and. Oh yeah. This is of, good. Yeah. Yeah. It's super, super good. It's in depth. I think it's amazing.
0: Um, thank you. Yeah. That was I, a question I get a lot. So I wanted to kind of put a whole thing out there. Um, and I think I actually, did, did I, it's, this was a newsletter topic too, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. So guys, again, subscribe if you're getting literally just free breakdowns each week. And even when I start to like. I don't know. I've been talking about like doing a a $2 per month newsletter where like you get to, you know, be listed in a in uh for Q&As and get your questions answered. You get to do a Zoom. Like I've been thinking about doing stuff like that. Um if I do, just understand that it's going to be what you're getting now which is very very detailed times like 3. So, I think for a couple bucks a month it's definitely fair, but I, that's something we're going to work towards. Cause I want to put a couple more things together that will make it worth it for you guys. In addition to like, what's already put on there. I want to get to the point where like, there's a, there's a Q and a box. There's um, a link for uh, a two, two time per month zoom for everybody. That's part of it. So we're going to get to that. But anyway, what I really wanted to get into with this, I think there's a lot of misconceptions, misunderstandings about it. And obviously a lot of it stems from the whole, like, does it stunt growth? Um, is it bad? Whatever. So I wanted to kind of, you know, Get that out of the way right off the bat so i'm pretty sure that was the first tweet in the chain of the thread was like it's safe to do here's four or five different studies from the nsca from american pediatrics like all the above um if it's if it's guided and it's progressed properly and it's done in, a, in the correct way it's it, it's it's great for them it does no, show no signs of stunting linear growth patterns like everything um is kosher across the board when it comes to that and then what i wanted to talk to you from there was just like A couple of different staples and and principles and and really big pillars for us with our youth athletes. Um, And a couple of those things were one. Um, I think, you know, one of the biggest things is is making it fun for them. You know, obviously you want to include the competitive side of things. So like racing each other and trying to jump for a certain height or whatever like that. But also understand that kids are really competitive in their true nature as it is. So they're always going to be looking for what box jump they're doing. Like I had a kid come up to us the other day and say, Hey coach, like been here for a year. And now I'm doing 32 inch boxes. I was doing 20 when I started, like you'd be surprised what kids remember and what they keep track of. And I think if as coaches, we're keeping track of those things in the program, like I can look at a kid tomorrow and say, Hey, six months ago, you were doing a 40 pound goblet squat and now you're doing 75. And that just gets them amped up. Like they know it's working. They know it's good for them. Um, and that makes them want to be more consistent. So I think if you want, if you can find ways to get their intent to be greater and to their tend to get more consistent because of the results you're seeing, like, you know, win-win situation all around. I then talked about the importance of getting it to move at full speed. And I've said this before, but like the younger you are and the earlier you develop the ability to get your nervous system to understand that you have to move at max speed with big intent. Um, the, the more, the, the better it is, it's better to do it at 11, 10, 11, 12 years old than it is at 13, 14 and 15. Um, So that was a big one. I talked about one to five reps, um, with eccentric and isometric tensions for, uh, building the range of motion and kind of that dynamic, um, stability. So, um, dynamic motor control, being able to control movements, uh, using eccentrics and isometrics is a great way to improve stability throughout ranges of motion, Um, and obviously when you're working in that one to five rep range, you're going to build that force producing ability. Um, young athletes tend to respond a little bit better to things that are five reps or less when it comes to, um, motor unit recruitment and force as if they're not going through puberty yet, the uh, hypertrophy training won't be as, um, won't be as effective for them. So that's another thing that I emphasize. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's the bulk of it. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I think like, if you want to go check out that thread, if you're a parent that wants to get their, their child started in training, if you are a uh, strength coach who works for young athletes, but a lot of the parents are leery about it, um, you know, use that link, that, that thread, use the links for the studies and, and use that to really kind of base your argument for like, hey, this is why this is good to be doing.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Um, Let's see. Let's do, okay. I want to do this one because you haven't lately, but obviously there was some cr- um of the criticism you gave, some of those videos. I can't remember been, who the football is. I've been player.
0: behaving, Mike.
1: I know, but I'm gonna bring something up. I'm gonna try to get you out of line again here. Okay. Um, not really though. So basically, you posted that video of someone using uh speed ladders.
0: Oh, um, yeah, no, and, and a couple people try I actually I gotta be honest with you, Mike. If I if I can here, uh, Yes. <laughs> I so when I posted that though I, I thought I did a really good job of like not coming across with a bad tone at all.
1: Yes. I, I agree. Was
0: literally just like, here's a difference in how using the tool determines what the tool does. All I was trying to say, the left side is more of like a no force application, maybe a warm-up based thing. And the right side is like specific goals of working on deceleration. That's all I literally all I say. Mm-hmm. I didn't say, look at this idiot on the left here, whatever. Like the guy just got shot three weeks ago. I think I'd be a moron to say that. Right. And I was honestly pleasantly surprised. And maybe it was because someone, like within the first four minutes of me posting it, said, like, um, oh, you know, that guy on the left was, you know, the guy that got shot. And some other guy said, I'm, you know, it's actually really impressive to see him doing stuff like that so short after. And I was like, guys, thank you for bringing that up. I, I do want to add a follow up tweet to the tweet to show, like, hey, I-, I hope this was obvious in my language, but I was not trying to, you know, um, be derogatory towards anybody. I was just using it as an example. And I think it's honestly a great example of a guy on the left who's earlier in stages of rehab versus a guy on the right. Who's a little bit later on. Right. And like, it's showing you what the tool does, like how it's different. Like I talk about speed ladders all the time. And if you say they're for agility, they're really not because it's predetermined and planned. If you're going to say they're for deceleration, you probably should be using them the way Saquon was, where he's kind of like attacking his steps. Mm -hmm. And if they're being done in the way they are on the left side of the video, it's for early stages of rehab movement or warm ups or anything like that. Um, And that was all I was trying to say. So maybe the fact that I like, I expanded on that with a follow up tweet, like five minutes after I posted it. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought I was going to get more comments. People being like, "You really use this an example as a guy getting shot." Only two people said like I. One guy said, "I usually like your content, but like I, like I I don't know like why I I wouldn't be comparing, you know, a guy that just got shot." And the one guy said, "You do know the guy on the left got shot." And someone replied before I even had to saying, "Like you did read the rest of his thread, right?" <laughs> people just seem to just be illiterate, not be not able to. Yeah, read. apparently that must be the case. They know how to write and type, but they can't read. That right. must be what, that has to be what it is. Um, and I didn't even answer him. Like I got to be honest with you, I'm getting much better at composing myself and not even responding to people anymore. And I have to because the bigger you grow on there, the more ridiculous people are going to comment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like like for example, the guy yesterday that told me he liked me more when I just started and trained less people. I'm like, I'm sorry. My career and life advancement is such an inconvenience, right? uh, I I really apologize for that. My bad.
1: Go back to how it was.
0: Um. So yeah, I I I posted that. What was your take on that, Mike? Give me, give me your, give me your take on like how did I sound when I said that? No, I think
1: you. you, I mean, I think you might be the reformed Jerry. Like it. There was. It was just simply like here's one way. Like. And then here's a way that I would do it. Essentially, like it was very like polite. Yeah, there was want, no. T-
0: I'm, I'm tired of giving people any type of you know even ability to to turn things into like I'm a bad person. Right. So if I give them no ammo. I love it. They can't say anything.
1: Right. No, I thought so it was really good and criticize it,
0: things her- in a polite way from now on. Yeah, for sure. Criticizing.
1: No. No, it really wasn't
0: two different ways to do an exercise, right? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. People will find anything to complain about. these days, For
1: sure. For sure.
0: But do dude, you dude, give me like one more? And then I want to get, we had a couple of really good questions this week.
1: Okay. Let me just cycle through these for a second to see which one would be the best. Um, Let's do, I want to do this one just because it's new and it's like, blo- it's getting very good feedback already really quickly. It's that three favorite sprint starts. Yep. So three of my favorite sprint starts, so basic, so good. One is drop backs, effortly positioned foot slightly behind hip, plus get plyometric effect. Two, RDLs, builds coordination and syncs up great horizontal projection of hips. Um, And then three, lateral half kneeling for tension and timing. And it's just a video showing all three of those starts.
0: Um, You know, yeah, that is, you know... That is something where i posted all three of those things before. I've never posted the three of them together, or only the three of them together. And they are mm-hmm. three of my more favorite sprint-based starts, um, all for good reasons. And again, they're super simple, but they do a lot. Um, the dropback starts, I think, are honestly one of my favorite sprint starts. Um, and I say this like I be I'm totally honest about this all the time. That that was something I stumbled upon almost accidentally. Mm-hmm. Where, where what I mean by that is I was. Originally we programmed it because I was looking for that plyometric effect. Cause when you jump up plant and run, it's more reactive and elastic. And you're also getting that effect of like the ground contact on the front foot. And it, um, it accentuates the push off. Mm-hmm. But when we did it and I started videoing it, I was like, man, this really works quite well for like, we always talk about athletes wanting to get their foot, you know, under slash a little behind their hip in their first couple steps of acceleration. And I was like, this kind of forces you to do that without having to really think about it. Right. You're standing there and you jump back. So everything goes backwards and it really gets you working behind your body. And I'm like, damn, like, I really like it for the idea of like grooving that feeling for them. And yeah, you get that plyometric effect out of it also. But like, I didn't, I didn't think of doing those. This was like back in 2019. It's like a pretty long time ago. Like If I go back and look up drop sprint on my Twitter, like I'm probably going to find a video from back in like 2019. Um, I did that thinking mostly about the plyometric effect. And then when we did a couple and I was videoing the kid that I had do it, I was like, oh, wow, like I really like this for those reasons too. So that's kind of how that came to be. Um, The lateral half kneeling ones are something that I used to think more so just for baseball players. But then I realized how great they are in the sense of if you put an athlete sideways and you make them have to spin and rotate into their sprint, If they don't do that the right way, it's going to be really awkward and they might fall. Like, I think what it does for body control is one thing, but what it forces you to do in terms of the push of your back leg, um, to really feel like drive and pull to get that feeling of pushing and rotating at the same time, or it's just kind of spinning around. Mm -hmm. I think it's tremendously valuable. And if you can get this, you get it synced up and you could develop the body control and ability to get that down. I think it's a, a home run of a, of a sprint. Um, and then the last one was the RDL start. Now, I, I got to be honest with you. I probably wouldn't do this with someone that's like less than the high school age because it's usually – unless they're like a pretty pretty advanced eighth grader. Like I know Julian's had a couple of his seventh and eighth graders who are really good football athletes that trained with us for like a year that can do them quite well. But that's not everybody. So I would say generally I would save them for my high school athletes. It's almost like you're swinging that back leg into a single leg RDL, but you're just doing it a little more fast. Uh, like, so right leg planted, left leg swings back and the chest kind of like hinges over Mm -hmm. and then you swing the leg through. And what I love about it is the, um, feeling you get of driving the hip and leg forward because what goes back must go forward. Right. Right. And it gets, I think it's really good at not only rhythm and coordination, but getting the athlete to feel everything kind of pushing and projecting straight ahead versus straight up. So if you have an athlete that's popping up a lot with their sprints, I mean, that might be a good one for them. So yeah. um, those were three that I'd never really posted exclusively as a bundle that I wanted to touch on a little bit. I've had them as part of like, you know, 20 sprints you should be doing. I've posted them separately, but those three in particular are like three of my favorite ones, I think. So
1: awesome. Yeah. Uh, no, let's get to these
0: three questions.
1: All right. Uh, Valdi saw your tweet on drills for lateral movements, wondering how frequently and how many reps of each you suggest for each drill?
0: What was the name again?
1: Uh, Valdi Magstat. Valdi, Valdi.
0: So, yeah, I like to give the, give the people a little shout out. Shout out. Um, so, yeah, great question. Um, this was about the tweet we talked about briefly before, which is with the infield prep step and the lateral movements. Yep. I think the biggest thing people need to understand, these <laughs> necessarily aren't something you do all at the same time. So when I post something and I put like three exercises together, that doesn't mean those are things you do. You're doing all of them at the same time. Sure. So like I generally progression wise would say the lateral jump to the back leg into the sprint is the most basic form of those three. And I would maybe start with those and maybe do like two to three each side. And generally if we're doing things like that, we're also doing regular like two point stance straight ahead work. Cause I want to work on that like pure push and acceleration And then I want to go into the stuff that's more maybe like, you know, multi-plane, you know, type of stuff like that. So I would say like, understand right off the bat that you're not doing all of them at the same time. Um, Maybe I might have an athlete do like the lateral jump to go and then like to finish up, they'll do the shuffle one, but odds are they're being done at different times as a progression. I would say the lateral jump to plant to go is number one, the pulsing star would be two. And then the shuffle will be number three. Like you kind of build up to it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm generally going to pair that with our regular resisted sprint work and our regular two-point stance work beforehand. So maybe we do one or two reps um, each side. And even with a baseball player, like if you're looking at it from a base running perspective, I know you only run the bases facing one direction, but infielders do move left to right. So I do like doing it you know, in both sides just to kind of get that feeling. So that would be my answer to that is like think of it more as like you're going to use one or the other based on what you're seeing. So if the athlete's more basic, and you want to just get them feeling sh- jump to the left and push back, and jump to the right and then push back. You, that's fine. You get them better at doing those, and then maybe after a few weeks, you go to the pulsing starts, or maybe it's later in the off season and you want to do a little more reactivity, you know, based stuff as you get closer to the sport. You do the pulsing start, then you get you graduate to the shuffle, and you really want to build, 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 go, and it's the most complex one because it involves the most movement. You do that at the end. Does that make sense? It does. All right, I'll
1: uh, give you another one. Cool. All right, let's do this one's from Muck. Muck. Hi, mate. Been following, you for... been, been following your stuff on Twitter for a good while, and I love seeing it. Really looking to push this year and really need to improve my acceleration and speed, but not sure which way is best to do this. I could look up stuff all day, but there's just so much BS on in the internet. I'd be happy to pay for a program or whatever it takes. Just looking for a clear plan pro- program that I can invest my time in during this off season. Looking forward to your reply.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could also, I'm going to maybe reply to this later if he wants to get, you know, buy a program or something, but I will say, um, and I've answered acceleration based questions many times, but I never shy away from doing them again. Cause I think it's great to just hear over and over again. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're going to go acceleration. We're going to go improving your strength. So if you're generally new to lifting and that's like a bucket, you haven't filled too much. You can get a lot, uh, pretty early on and just getting stronger with like a squat or a trap bar or something like that. Mm-hmm. Number two. Um you got it. you need to sprint with heavier loads. So if you don't have a timer, I'm thinking like anywhere between 95 to like 110 or 115% body weight. If you're new to sled sprinting, maybe start a little bit lighter in the 80 to 85% range. A little too heavy in the beginning if you're not used to it could just kind of like be awkward. Um but eventually you're going to want to get up to like 10 yard sprints um you know with the uh sled attachment and in that way if you have a timer You know, time your max 10 and then try to aim for anywhere between a 65 to 85% speed reduction. So essentially you multiply your 10-yard time by like 1.65 for a um for a 65% reduction or 1.85 for an 85% reduction, right? Mm -hmm. And then you try to find a sled load that allows you to run in that reduced time zone. That's where I would go for that. Um obviously just doing regular 10-yard sprints at max speeds is gonna be a big one. Um, mechanically speaking, working on a lot of this, the solid things you want to see foot contact underneath the body, such so behind the hip, getting positive shin angles. So when your foot's about to contact the ground, your shin should be pointing, um, on as much of a slope going forward as possible, um, body angle. So you want to be, uh, not standing straight up, but you also don't want to be hunched over at your shoulders. So that's important. Um, so all of those things from a mechanical perspective, and then obviously just the actual stimulus of the max speed 10 yard sprint. Um, and then as a, an extra one, I do love, or or two extra ones, um, broad jump variations, whether they're resisted or unresisted are great, get comfortable with them. And then you can get more specific and progress to single leg broad jumps. Um, and then I do love, uh, heavy sled pushes or sled drags to help on all of the mechanical aspects that I talked about because that load forces you into those positions and also to build up force application in your strides. Because as we know, acceleration is very much based on how much force you can put to the ground from a um, a position of no movement. Um, And you know, our ground contacts are obviously longer when it comes to um, pushing uh, or, or, or acceleration because you need more time to exert more force. So it is okay to do heavier sled pushes. Moving slower does not, in fact, slow you down. Um, the heavier load makes you actually stay in contact with the ground for longer to exert more force, which not only builds your overall force output in your strides, but also gets you used to letting your foot stay in touch for just a slightly longer time to exert more force. And then as you get up to top speed, the the foot contacts are quicker and more elastic, but there's um, slightly less force applied. So
1: Awesome. I'm sorry. There may be
0: more there. there, Okay. So let me correct that. The the ground contacts are more volatile. Top speed contacts are the most volatile stimulus that we have in training. Okay. Like being exerting that much force at max speed with you at a quick ground contact is one thing. I guess what I'm more so saying is like, um, acceleration contacts are going to be designed for us trying to exert the most force. The top speed might, might end up exerting more force when it comes to just the idea of like how fast you're moving and the compounding energy of like, kinetic energy of one contact to the next it kind of just starts to add up but what i'm saying more so is from an acceleration standpoint um you need to be in touch with the ground a little longer because you're trying to move yourself from no momentum whereas in top speed you're currently moving if that makes sense yeah yeah all right what do we got i think that kind of hits on the nail on the head on that one yeah
1: i think that he should be happy with that response um you want to do one one more more yeah all right. So this one's in regards to that hip mobility video that blew up. Um, Ryan L, he shared that to you and then said seeing a lot of hip mobility stuff, is it to help with running form, mobility, keep athletes healthy, or all of the above? Thanks for your great insight.
0: Yeah, definitely all of the above. Um, I don't think I mean, I'll tell you personally, we've been doing stuff like this with our athletes for the last several years. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's anything on our end that's like, oh, new. I do think I'm sharing more of it because um, you know, I see how much people like to see it. Right. Um, and I do think it could be something that's not done as much as it needs to be, and I also think people, you know, get so caught up on the static stretching train that you want to show them ways to like, you know, help recover and also improve mobility that's not static stretching. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're really looking at here is I think all of the above in the sense that like it, we do it for the recovery so these are my hockey players their, their legs are beat up and their hips are beat up from all the skating that they're doing so we're doing it to, to help with that um, it does it's gonna in a way help with sprinting mechanics if you're able to move better right Yeah um so that and then yeah it's obviously going to improve your range of motion like if you're able to get better at those things and do them with that within your weekly schedule and you're able to move your hips a little bit better uh, yeah it's, it's obviously going to help tremendously. Um, when it comes to that. So I think it's all for all the above. Now, what you're really particularly doing it for, I think will depend on like where you are. Like for those guys in that video, my main priority with them is to make sure their hips are feeling good with all the volume of skating that they're doing. But like if you give that to an athlete to do at the end of a training session during the off season it's more so like, you know, let's work on our mobility and our and, and improving and expanding upon um our ranges of motion. So I think what it's for largely depends on like the time of year you're doing it. Um, cause my answer might always be different, but I do think it does help all three of those things in some way, if that kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah, it does.
0: Um, so yeah, I mean, like, I think maybe you're seeing more of this stuff posted because like, you know, people are continuing to get an appreciation for it and how important it is. But like, I don't think by any means, it means that people are just starting to do it now. Like I think yeah. it's going on for a long time. Um, I've just kind of seen people enjoy it you know, hear about the stuff we're doing. So I just take the videos of what we're doing with those teams and I just share them and that's kind of what it is. Um so yeah, I I think that's really it on that one. Awesome. Um any any parting thoughts for us, Mike?
1: I don't think so. I'm just um time up for the newsletter. I'm actually going to that thread that you talked about earlier. Um if I'm the gonna the, put that in the show
0: the youth strength the conditioning one? Yeah I'm gonna
1: put that in the show notes a link to it just so people can Perfect. Um, See it if they want to. But other than that, join the newsletter and yeah, that's it.
0: Cool. All right. Awesome. Yeah, guys. Uh, Thanks as always for listening. Keep enjoying the stuff that we're blasting out. Keep spreading the word. Um, Keep hitting me with questions. I actually, there's a guy that sent me a, a and I want to get to, it, it was just long. And I, I want to save it for another week, but he put in his uh, message first time caller, long time listener, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I thought was pretty funny, but yeah, I, I enjoy that you guys are listening to the show and sending questions in. I will get to all of them. I promise we're ju- whether, however long it takes, I don't know, but we're doing three to four questions every week. So, wow. um, we will get to them and, uh, you know, I think it's a great way to kind of help you guys. And, if I can answer your questions um, while, you know, thousands of people listen, it's better than me just DMing you one-on-one. Um, so, yeah, that's it for this week. Thank you, guys, as always, and we will talk to you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of Muscles and Management brought to you by Challenger Strength. I'm your host, Jared e. Filippo, signing off from the show that's changing how we view sports performance, training, and business.